0: Welcome to Gateway Church. We are so excited that you're here. In just a few moments, we have an amazing word coming from Pastor Robert.
1: Now this is a very special weekend because this weekend we are celebrating our graduates. So whether you've graduated from trade school, high school, or college, we celebrate you. Hey, as a mom of nine, this is a big deal. We also want to say thank you, thank you from the bottom of our hearts to all of our teachers who serve our children in that capacity.
0: So no matter where you are right now, we want you to lift your hands and begin to engage in worship with us. Let's worship the Lord together.
2: my foot.
1: be our deliverance Proverbs 3 says trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths and that's my prayer for us today that we would not lean on our understanding but we would lean into him we would trust in the Lord with all of our heart and that today God we would know and believe That you are always our deliverer, and you will always lead us into your presence and into your truth. Thank you, Jesus. You unravel me with a melody, and you surround me with a song of deliverance. till all my fears are gone and I know
0: know that truth. There are times when even as Christians, we can question that and still feel like slaves. But I want you to know today that no matter what you're going through, there's a king in the Bible who experienced exactly what you may be going through right now. You may have gotten bad news about COVID-19. You may have cared for a loved one. You may be in a situation of financial hardship or walking through a relational problem right now in your home as you're trying to come out of this season. No matter where you are, I want you to know that in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, King Jehoshaphat went through a similar situation as he received bad news coming from every angle. And as he tried to figure out what to do, he found himself in a situation when all he could do was worship. And right now, that may be all you can do is worship. But I want you to know that as you worship God, your praise becomes your weapon. And you have a powerful way to experience the blessing of God, even in this situation right now. I've been there, and I've seen God move in powerful ways. So I want you to know that no matter where you are, as you take a moment to praise Him, you'll see God move on your behalf. He sent out the worshipers as they prepared to go into battle. And as they stepped out on the battlefield, something amazing happened. They got to a place where as they worshiped God, the enemy began to turn on each other. And by the time they arrived at the battle scene, the enemy had been annihilated. And as they began to look around, all they saw was the spoil, everything that God had for them. And it took them four days to gather the spoil. And I love what it says in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 26. They literally called it a valley that they walked through. But it was feeling as if it was a valley of the shadow of death that turned into the valley of blessing. You may right now feel as if you're walking through a valley of the shadow of death. But I want you to know that as you praise God and you worship Him, He's going to turn it into a valley of blessing. So if you receive that today, I just want you to just close your eyes wherever you are just lift your hands to the Lord Heavenly Father we thank you so much that no matter what we've gone through in this season whether it's financial hardship pain caring for a loved one seeing loved ones pass away no matter what it is God all of us we engage you we say Lord we're gonna praise you regardless of our circumstance and Lord we thank you that you're gonna turn the enemy on himself and you're gonna pour out your blessings over each of our lives Lord, we love you, we bless you, and we glorify you. And it's in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. We are so excited that you're here. We have an amazing word coming from Pastor Robert. Why don't you turn your attention to your family and those that you're around. and Welcome to Gateway Church.
1: We've crossed the finish line. a chapter of our lives is done. All the things we had planned just stop. We don't get the chance to go back. This year has been challenging and unsettling, and not really because of scary news, but because... None of us have any idea of what we're doing, yeah, do homework, and then these are for the but we do the best we can, and I trust God has something unique planned for these students. This isn't what we expected, but then self-quarantine wasn't what we expected either. I miss my friends. I miss my teachers. But even though she's terrible at Spanish, I did have a pretty good sub. At first, I thought we were missing out. But the experiences we did have are experiences no one has ever had before us. discovered, and wonderful path we've gone down together. It might be years before we truly understand how unique these students are. Even though we've crossed the finish line, our race has just started. Things still feel uncertain, but thankfully... God prepared a special group of teachers to prepare us for the unexpected. Hey, Gateway family, thanks for joining us today. We pray that today is a great day for you. So here are a few things you need to know.
3: Even though so much is canceled or postponed, there are still so many ways you can connect with your Gateway community. You can follow us on social media, join your campus Facebook group, visit gatewaypeople.com slash connect or text connect to 71010. We're always posting encouraging content, and we also have online classes, ways you can help others, worship videos, and other information available.
1: We're so excited to share that we have special online services created just for your kids and students. There's cool videos, social media hangs, games, powerful worship, and encouraging words. To check out all the options, visit gatewaypeople.com slash connect.
3: If you'd like to give, you can do it online at gatewaypeople.com giving or on our mobile app.
1: We also want you to know that if you need prayer for any reason right now, text CONNECT to 71010. We have prayer teams at every campus ready and waiting to pray with you.
3: And this weekend, we're celebrating everyone who's graduating this year. Whether it's from high school, college, or trade school, we're proud of you. And we also want to honor all our educators who so selflessly give of themselves. We are so grateful for you. Thank you. Do you feel like you can't move forward in ministry without a quality Christian education, but your options are limited? That no longer needs to be the case. Every day, students from all over the nation and beyond are finding the world of Christian ministry and education has been opened up for them, right where they are, thanks to the King's University Online. So, now what's stopping you? It's all waiting for you at the click of a button. Pursue your ministry degree completely online at the King's
4: University. Why did he stay two more days? And why would it say he loved them so he stayed two more days? See, I think so many times in scripture, we read over things like this. So Jesus wanted to do something that was unprecedented. And in the end, it was gonna be great for Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. I'm just wondering if Jesus is doing something now It's unprecedented, but we're still having earthly conversations. I've given you two answers today to three questions, but two answers because I love you and I didn't. I want you to think about this. Those two answers will answer almost every why question that you have. Why did you do this, God? Here's his answer sometimes I didn't do that. I did not do that. And here's another one. God, why are you allowing this to happen? Because I love you. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to Gateway Church Online. And I just want to encourage you. Uh, We were worshiping here in the sanctuary, even though it's just very, very few of us. Uh, You know, technical people, Pastor Thomas, Debbie, Pastor Mike. And some people that are running cameras and things like that. Uh, But we just worship for a moment before the message. And I was thinking about how because we're online, there could be a tendency to just listen to the music instead of enter the presence of God. And even if you don't have a good singing voice, you can still focus and you can still worship the Lord God. Uh, Scripture talks about Judah plows the fallow ground. And the word Judah means praise. And I believe that our praise and worship part of the service plows that ground. And then Pastor Jimmy and I come along and we plant seeds. We plant the word of God, but we're planting in fertile soil because we've plowed up that hardened fallow ground that we've experience all through the week and so it's good for me to worship it's good for you to worship so i just want to encourage you to to worship god even though we're online right now during church all right um i also want to uh tell you that we're still praying unite 714 we prayed for eight weeks uh the we pray public prayers that were being prayed in churches all over the world but we're still, that's come to an end as far as those public prayers. Some churches are still doing that part. They've extended it, son. We feel like that we want to continue to pray every morning, 7.14 a.m., 7.14 p.m. Uh, and so we're not going to be having public prayers in the weekend services, but we're still joining in prayer until this pandemic is over uh, for the economy, especially for our health care workers, for people who've lost their jobs, for businesses that have been affected because they were closed, some of them, many of them even longer than they thought. I heard about several large companies declaring bankruptcy this last week. Um, so it, we, we just need to pray. We need to keep praying. It may be months that we're praying, but we're still going to cry out to God, and we know God's going to hear. So I want you to keep praying. Uh, I have two more weeks in this Series today and next weekend. And then I'll be on sabbatical. And so Pastor Jimmy will be in the pulpit. So you'll know, uh, but what you look forward to will have Pastor Jimmy in the, in the pulpit. And I think we've got one week even in there with Pastor Tim Ross. And I know everyone loves Pastor Tim Ross. So, um, anyway, I just letting you know a little bit of what's going on. I just also want to say congratulations to all the graduates. I know this is not how you planned your graduation, but you still accomplished it, you still completed it. I wanna say congratulations. I also wanted to uh, say thank you to the teachers. Uh, I think that uh, now that we are in this pandemic and school was uh, at home for the last eight, nine weeks, uh, I think many of us as parents um, appreciate the teachers a whole lot more. Uh, well, one of my, um, I think it was my daughter-in-law said, she said, you know, they're doing a Zoom class every week, a Zoom call for uh, my kids, but they really need to do a Zoom call every week for us as parents because we need to know how to teach this stuff. So we are grateful and thankful for our teachers. And I also just want to encourage you, the King's University is online. We were always online, but now we're always online because of this until further notice. But you can get your bachelor's, master's, uh, doctorate degree online uh, at the King's University. It's fully accredited. So if you're looking for a university or you just want a further education, uh, my son James and his wife Bridget are actually working on their master's in divinity right now at the King's University, working full-time both of them, but working on their master's degree. So uh, check that out if you want to. So as I said, we're in the third week of a series called How Do I Know? And the first week I talked about how do I know there is a God. Then the second week I talked about how do I know God loves me, last weekend. This week I want to talk about how do I know the Bible is true. Now I did three of these messages in 2015, And we put together a little book. If you'd like to get the book, you can get the book. And we've made it available at special prices. We've worked with distributors to make it available at a special price as well. Um, But I just want to let you know how I decide which series to preach. And uh, it's almost like uh, one of my points last weekend was, God, why did you do this? And God's answer is, I didn't. So how do I decide which series to preach? Here's my answer. I don't. I don't decide which series to preach. I believe God decides which series I'm supposed to preach. And so, yes, I preached part of this series five years ago, but as I prayed, I thought about all the thousands of people who are watching us online right now who don't know Christ and even the the depth of truth in this message And I heard about uh, um, a teenager in our church that was saying to his dad, when I was talking about how do I know there is a God, he was saying to his dad, stop it, stop it. And, you know, when they were watching it, and he was processing it, and he was probably a little too young the last time I preached this, and yet now he's catching it and he's getting this. And the next generation needs to be able to answer these questions. How do I know there is a God? How do I know God loves me? And this week, how do I know the Bible is true? And next week, how do I know Jesus is the way? So again, we're going to talk about this week about how do I know the Bible is true? And this first point is a little bit tongue in cheek. Okay, so let me warn you. Uh, uh, I know that I do this a lot. I try to warn you when I'm when I'm slipping one in on you, you know, so that you don't just discount it. Um, so this is so I'm answering the question: How do I know? The Bible is true. And you have to remember, I'm a believer in Jesus. So this first point is kind of for believers in Jesus. Uh, And then we're going to get into some reasoned, logical explanations in point two and three. But the first one I know is a little different. So how do I know the Bible is true? Point number one is the Bible says so. (laughs) I know that sounds kind of crazy. The Bible says so. But here's why I'm saying that. If you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, then you believe that the Bible is God's Word. And what I'm saying is that Jesus verifies that the Bible is true. And and let me explain what I mean by that. Jesus quoted from three-fourths of the books of the Old Testament when he was on this earth that we have referenced So there are 39 books in the Old Testament. He quoted from uh, 29 to 30 of those books, three-fourths of the books from the Old Testament. So he is verifying the authenticity of the Bible. The other thing is that when Jesus quoted from the Bible, he actually said, the Scriptures say. The Scriptures say. Now, you may not think that's a big deal, but the word Scripture means inspired writings, That's where we get scripture from, that scripture part, script, inspired writings. That's what it means. So every time Jesus was saying the scripture say, he was saying the inspired writings, they're inspired by God, and I'll show that to you in a moment in scripture, the inspired writings say. So Jesus is verifying the authenticity of scripture. And then let me show you 2 Timothy 3.16. It says, all scripture, all the inspired writings, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Now I underlined those five words, given by inspiration of God, because it's one Greek word and we'll come back to it and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Okay. So that those words given by inspiration of God is the Greek word theonoustos. Theo means God in the Greek. Noustos means breathe. It comes from the word, the new part of it means the P-N-E-U. It's a, the P is silent, comes from breathe and it's air. It's like if we said you have a pneumatic drill, you have a drill then that runs on air, not on electricity. Uh, many people right now, uh, are dying from pneumonia. It's a breathing problem. Actually, now, I'm not a medical doctor, but from what I've read, when a person passes away uh, through this pandemic, they're not saying from COVID-19. They're saying from complications from COVID-19. COVID-19 is a virus that can turn into a breathing problem, primarily pneumonia. So that's the problem is the breathing. So, but even the word pneumonia, that P-N-E-U comes from this Greek word pneuma, which means breath. All right. Um, so this is what this means. All scripture is God breathe. Theo neustos. As a matter of fact, the, the new international version even translates it God breathe. All scripture is breathe. By God, it's the very breath of God. All scripture. So this is how we know the Bible is true. Because when you speak, you breathe. So if God is speaking, then we know it's true. And all scripture is spoken by God or breathed by God. Here, Here's the way Second uh, Peter 1 says it, verse 20 and 21. Knowing this verse, that no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecy, and again the reference here is, the context is of Scripture. Prophecy of Scripture never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. And so they, they wrote as they were moved by the Holy Spirit And they wrote down what God led them right. We're gonna talk later about how many men wrote the Bible and over which period of time and things like that. But they spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit and they wrote it. So we have um, the written word of God. Now, it is more important than you might think that it's written. You actually want important things written. Uh, Think about when you buy a house. You don't want a word of mouth contract, you want a written contract. There's the the old expression where you put that in writing. So it's very important that we have it in writing, that it's in written form. Uh, There was a doctoral student one time who was doing his dissertation and he he disagreed with the uh, process, the dissertation process. Which the dissertation process is, is that everything you you say in there uh, has to be documented. And he disagreed with that, written documentation. And so when he's given his dissertation, he would say things like this. He would make this incredible statement, and then he would say, as told to me by the waiter, at such and such restaurant. He's just trying to uh, overemphasize his disagreement with this process. And then he would go a little further and then he would say, as told to me by the bellboy at such and such hotel. And a little while, one of the professors, there's a team of professors, one of them said, wait, hang on a minute. Uh, you can't do this. You have to have a written documentation uh, for your sources. And the students said, why? Why is it important that it's written? Why is it more important that it's written than if it's verbal. And so the professor said, okay, I see where you're going, continue. So the student continued, he he presented his dissertation. A few weeks later, the professor, his working professor called him and said, hey, good news, Uh, you passed, and you're going to get your PhD, you're going to get your doctorate, but we're not going to give it to you in writing. (laughs) Just take our word for it. Well, uh, the professor made his point. It's important that it's in writing. I want you to know it's important that it's the written word of God. And, and I, I said, uh, how do I know the Bible is true? And I said, because the Bible says so. But really what I'm saying is because it's written. Because it's written and it's verified. It's authenticated because it's been written down. Okay? So here's point number two. It's amazing. It's amazing. Just to give you, let me just give you a little of amazing facts. Now, I want to just for a moment uh, compare the Bible to Buddhist teachings and to the Koran, but not in an argumentative way and not in a um, um, a put-down way of any person who's a Buddhist or a Muslim. Okay, I'm not trying to put you down. I'm just simply taking some facts and and comparing the two, contrasting two, so you understand how amazing the Bible is. Okay, um, Buddha's sayings are from one man and the Quran is from one man, uh, from Muhammad, uh, and it's from 23 years of his life, from the time he was 40 until he died at 63. And it was the, the sayings were comprised posthumously after he died. So it was comprised by scholars around him who'd been writing scribes, after he died, the book of Quran, and all I'm saying is I'm just I'm just quoting a fact. You can go and read about this. That they're each from one man, one man, one man sayings. Okay, uh, over a short period of time, one life, one lifespan. The Bible is by forty men over 1,500 years. It began to be written about. Um, 1480 B.C., 1450 to 1480 B.C., and then it went to about 70 A.D. So for about 1,500 years, 40 different riders. Here's what I want you to get. The collusion factor alone is amazing. Over 1,500 years, 40 different riders And there's a single thread running through it all and no discrepancies. It's amazing. In my opinion, it's an inspired book, inspired by God. Um, It would be incredible for 40 different writers, even in one lifetime, to be able to uh, be so cohesive. But this was over 1,500 years. Let me tell you a few more facts. Um, Isaiah uh, talks about the virgin birth 700 years before. Micah, 700 years before as well, uh, tells us the city in which he's born. Zechariah describes the way he will die in detail. So does David. David describes crucifixion a thousand years before it happens to Christ. He writes a thousand years before Christ, and get this 500 years before crucifixion is invented. (laughs) The first person we know of crucified, 497 BC, David writes around a thousand BC and describes crucifixion. David also says, that they would gamble for his clothing. A thousand years before it happens. Daniel, 500 years BC, talks about an empire that would rise up and cover the earth and then that empire would be suddenly cut off and become four empires. Those four empires then would become two empires. Those two empires would become one empire And during that last empire, the Messiah would be born. Okay, So Daniel writes this, 500 years before, in 300 BC, Alexander the Great arises, becomes the greatest empire in the world. It is suddenly cut off. He dies at 32. He has four generals. Those four generals uh, become the rulers. It turns into four kingdoms, four empires. But two of them are strong and two aren't. Those four turn into the Seleucid and the Ptolemaic empires. This is all history. Those two turn into the Roman Empire. And during the Roman Empire, Jesus is born. There are people who don't believe the Bible, don't believe in Christianity, that say the mathematical odds against Daniel's prophecy are astronomical. And yet... He prophesied that how, how could these men, Daniel, Micah, Zechariah, David, hundreds of years before Christ say these things unless they were divinely inspired. So I'm, I'm asking the question, and in some ways you're asking me this question, how do you know, Pastor Robert, the Bible's true? Well, I'd like to, uh, not argumentatively, not argumentatively, I'd like to ask you a question. How do you know it's not true? As a matter of fact, it would actually be easy to falsify the Bible if it could be falsified. It'd be easy. Uh, The Bible would name some cities that never existed. Uh, Or the Bible would say this city was 500 miles away and it'd be 100 miles away. But it's never been falsified. Uh, Two 2,000 years since Christ and 3,500 years since the inscripturation process began, the Bible has been more studied than any other book and more scrutinized than any other book and can't be falsified. Uh, Dr. Bruce Metzger from Princeton Theological Seminary Said it is safe for any scholar to say that 99.6% of the Bible has been corroborated by other historical documents. Remember, oh, this book was written over 1,500 years by 40 different writers. It, 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 it's phenomenal. Uh, Voltaire, the French philosopher, said in a hundred years, the Bible will be a forgotten book. A hundred years later, Voltaire was dead and his house was owned by the French Bible Society. Uh, The Bible's still here and you're not. It's amazing. So let me give you an illustration. I've given this illustration before, but it's just worth repeating. (laughs) So Dr. Peter Stoner who's the professor emeritus of science at Westmont College. So he's not a theological professor. He's a science professor. He decided to do a study with 600 students. His findings were verified by the American Scientific Affiliation. Again, not not a Christian organization. 600 students to see um, what are the mathematical odds that Jesus... Fulfilled all 53 messianic prophecies. There are 53 messianic prophecies in over 300 references. Some people say 300 messianic prophecies. It's over 300 references, but 53 prophecies. And they realized it was, it was too daunting. They couldn't even do that. So they decided to take the eight. I want you to think about this eight of the 53 messianic prophecies that are verified that Jesus fulfilled by history. In other words, take the New Testament out of it. Just take the eight Old Testament Jewish scriptures, Messianic prophecies. Take the eight that Jesus fulfilled that history says that he fulfilled. Okay? What are the mathematical odds that one person would do that? Uh, Here are the mathematical odds. One in ten to the 17th power. Uh, let me um, uh, write, put that number up there. This is 100 quadrillion. One, the number is 100 quadrillion. One in 10 to the 17th power. Now, we can't even fathom 100 quadrillion. Um, so they decided to come with an illustration to figure it out. So they said they, they, they took all the 100 quadrillion quadrillion. And decided the square feet and cubic, if you laid them side by side, end to end. And so if you took a silver dollar and put it down in the state of Texas. And you surrounded it with silver dollars where each of them touched. And then you kept going out and you covered the state of Texas. Then you'd have to go back and stack another one on top and keep going until the stack was two feet high. Two feet high. That's 100 quadrillion. And the odds, think about it, some of you might not realize what odds means. Uh, one out of ten would be if you put ten pieces of paper in a hat and you put a mark on one and you shuffled them up and you blindfolded a person, that person has a one in ten chances of pulling the mark—the one with the marker on it. Okay. So if you took these silver dollars, covered the state of Texas two feet high, and put a mark on one, and you drop a person in the state of Texas, maybe in the middle, and you say you can walk north, south, east, or west. and um, But at some point, you got to reach down from the top, the bottom, the middle, wherever, and pick one silver dollar. That's the odds that he would pick the one with the mark in it. Those are the odds that Jesus fulfilled eight of the Messianic prophecies that history says he fulfilled. Remember, my point is... It's amazing. It's amazing, the Bible. And here's point number three. I know the author personally. Now, we're talking about how do I know the Bible is true? I know the author personally. But let me (laughs) explain that because you might say, well, Pastor Robert, you said there are 40 authors. I know I did not. I said there are 40 writers, there's only one author. His name's God. Because 40 men could not have written this book. And it be as cohesive as it is. There's one author. His name is God. But he used 40 different men. And they, were, they wrote as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. That's what we, we talked about. And the Bible is summed up in one person. His name's Jesus Christ. God put a void in every human being that only Jesus can fill. John 5:39, Jesus said, "You search the scriptures because you think they give you eternal life, but the scriptures point to me. Um, Jesus verifies the Bible, and let me tell you the greatest way he verifies the Bible. If Jesus had been a charlatan, he could have made one statement differently than he made it. He could have said, I'm going to rise from the grave spiritually. Spiritually. And then, when his bones and his remains were still in the grave, you might say, Well, he he didn't rise from the grave. And we'd say, yeah, but he said he'd do it spiritually. But Jesus isn't Shardathan, and he didn't say he would rise spiritually. He said he would rise bodily. Now listen, listen. <laughs> Over 2,000 years, Mohammed's remains are in the tomb. Buddha's remains are in the tomb. I'm not, I'm not trying to be negative. I'm just stating fact. Over 2,000 years, come on, think about it. No archaeologist has ever discovered the remains of the body of Jesus Christ. That's fact, scientific fact. He said, I'll rise from the grave. He did. Some people say, well, he wasn't dead you let a Roman soldier put a spear through your heart to see if you're dead or not. He was dead. Secondly, even if he wasn't dead at that time, he would have died at some point. But there aren't any remains. Now, I'm, we're asking these questions, how do I know? So when we talk about Jesus rising from the grave and the Bible predicting it and predicting Jesus' life, I've got seven questions for you, Okay. Seven questions, and I'll put the reference beside them, but I just want to ask these questions. Here, Here they are. How did he arrange to be born into a specific family? I want you to think about that. How did he arrange to be born into a specific family? Here's the next question. How did he arrange to be born in a specific city in which his parents didn't live? I don't know if you've ever thought about that. Bethlehem was not where his parents lived. They had to travel there at exactly the time when Mary would give birth, at exactly the time the star appeared. How did he arrange, here's the next question, his own death, and specifically by crucifixion between two criminals? Pretty good questions, aren't they? Fourth question, how did he arrange to have his executioners gamble for his clothing? Fifth question, how did he arrange to be betrayed in advance and be crucified on the exact day that the Jews sacrificed a spotless lamb for their sins? Exact day. Sixth question, how did he arrange to have the executioners break the legs of the two victims on each side but not his own, prophesied a thousand years before. And last question, how did he arrange to come back to life on the exact day that he said he would? Here's the answer, because he's God. And the Bible is true. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And at the end of every message, I just like to take a time where we ask the Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? And possibly during this pandemic, you're asking some very honest questions of how do I know there's a God? How do I know God loves me? How do I know the Bible's true? And next week will be, how do I know Jesus is the way? But maybe today, there's something that's happening in your heart. And you say, you're right. Just mathematically, the collusion factor is phenomenal. For these hundreds of years before Jesus was ever born, to give these specific details. You can accept Jesus today, right now. And I want to just lead you in a prayer. I'll just help you. Someone, I was in a motel room. Someone help me. And just say, Jesus, I ask you to forgive me my sin. You can tell them that right now in your heart. I ask you to forgive me my sin. And I receive you as my Lord and as my Savior. And I want to pray for you, and I want to pray for everyone watching our service today. Lord, we want to tell you, thank you, thank you, thank you for the written Word of God. (laughs) Lord, it is amazing. And it's amazing that it's our daily bread. It's living water. It's life to those who find it and health to their whole body. It's sweeter than honey and purer than gold and sharper than any two-edged sword. Lord, we tell you, thank you, thank you, thank you for the word of God, for the Bible. And thank you, Lord, for every person who prayed that prayer right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, we love you guys. Thank you again for attending online Gateway Church. And I'll see you next week.
0: Wow, what an amazing message from Pastor Robert. Isn't it incredible how Jesus fulfilled so many promises and prophecies in the Bible? You know, no matter what you're going through today, I want you to know that he wants to do the same in your life. So if you took a moment to pray that prayer with Pastor Robert, we want you to just take out your cell phone and text the word DECISION to 71010.
1: And if you need prayer for anything, we have people that would love to pray with you. Please text the word CONNECT to 71010.
0: And we don't want to forget all of our graduates. We want to congratulate you. And we also want to celebrate and say thank you to all of our teachers and educators.
1: Thank you for joining with us today. God bless.
0: God bless. And we look forward to seeing you next weekend.